Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Let's get into the CBA negotiation. So where do you think this is at, Maddie? And where do you think it's going to end? Because... I think this is crunch time now. We're, we're less yeah. than a month away. As you say, the preseason's already about to get underway. Something's got to give. Maddie. This is, a, this is really tough. The, the players and everybody uh, walks a tightrope with this because players should players deserve to get what they can because NRL stands for not real long, right? And the other thing is the price you pay physically and other factors that are involved. So I, I I'm completely with the players as far as, you know, their slice of the pie. On the other side of the coin, I always do believe that you, you should leave a little bit in the well for the next generation, if that makes sense. And I always think about blokes like, you know, Ray Price and Brett Kenny, who honestly, some of the greatest players of all time that played for not a real lot. Um, so it's very, very difficult. It, 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 I can, they're butting heads because Peter Volandi is a guy who won't be bullied. I just wonder if they can't come to the agreement if the players will actually strike. I'm not sure about it. That doesn't do anyone any favours. Uh, we went through a Super League era where the players were painted as being greedy and there was a disconnection with the fans. You know, and, and, and I remember during that era, Matty, was – do you remember the playing cards yep. made a re-emergence? Mm. And that, they came out – they re-emerged about 1993 and the Super League war happened and you know, they were trying to monetize everything. And a lot of the players came out and said, hey, listen – when with the playing cards, don't sign them. We'll do them as a group and then divvy up the money. And I, I, I rejected that because, I mean, what are you doing? You finish a game, you, you know, and you walk out of the dressing room and there's a little kid there, six-year-old with a playing card. What do you say? No, mate, can't do that. We're going to uh, pool our money together. <laughs> yeah, so that's just an example of you, you've, just got to, you've just got to be really careful because regardless of the money that comes into rugby league, at the essence of rugby league is it's a working men's game. Have the players, do you think, lost the publicity war in this one? And how much do you think the publicity war plays into what happens in the negotiating room? Well, people don't read the fine print, Matt. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. All people are hearing is uh, they are – because – I. There is so much that has been going on that I think it's been, as you said, it's been lost. We're like, okay, so where are we at the moment? What what are they after? What, what's been given? Did it get increased to 12.1? Didn't it? Okay, what's happening with the NRLW? Where, where is it? And so it's been, it's been difficult. It's, I always talk to people. I was talking to a couple of young guys about that they were going in to negotiate something and totally away from sport. And they asked, you know, you know, because you go in there and um, I had a singer looking after me, but a lot of times when I do my stuff, I just do it myself now. you just got to have the hide to ask for more than you're worth. And if they say yes, then beauty. But you don't go into a negotiation hoping to win 100 nil. you got to work out the things that are non-negotiable, that are really important to you. And then you just write down a few things that aren't important at all and let them have a little victory, right? That's much easier. But I don't know where it's actually at. Are they losing... Uh, the publicity battle, possibly. 
if they can, there is so much excitement about the season. If they can come, if they can, if they can work it out, it'll all be forgotten very, very quickly. But you don't want to strike. Give me your understanding then on how the game operates from uh, from a player level, from a club signing level, from um, say your young bloke going to a new club and trying to get a deal done there when there isn't a salary cap that's been ratified. Last week. Liam Martin signed an extension with the Panthers and the Panthers CEO came out and said, we're looking forward to further discussions because it was only the one year and we're looking forward to further discussions now that Mm. the salary cap has been ratified. I double-checked. It hasn't been ratified. It's one part of this CBA negotiation. So how does that actually work? And is there there a, a fault process that may be down the track here that if you're starting to do deals based on a number that you think is going to happen, then it gets yeah. nasty in that room and that number backtracks. Yes. You can't go to a player and say, we, th- we told you we're going to give you 500. Yes. We're now giving you 400 because the salary cap's now 12, not 12.1. My younger bloke was so excited when he heard the news that the cap was going up 25%. And I said, well, mate, that's fantastic. What do you get an extra 150 bucks, even what you're on? But, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's – you're right, Matt. It's, it's really hard. You, you've got to be really careful with these things as far as assumptions are concerned. And a lot of clubs do. They assume it's going to go up like this, so they promise players things behind the scenes. And if it doesn't happen, then, yeah, it's going to be a lot of broken hearts. Do you think that they should put strike action on the table in terms of at least a threat? Not at least a threat or perhaps mm. a threat because essentially at the end of the day, this is the way I view it, the negotiations are heavy. The NRL got the front foot by putting those numbers out there. There's a lot more at stake, like you point out, the detail, the terms and conditions of what they're really fighting for here, plus yep. the money's a key factor. What's in the back pocket yeah. of the players? What's the last card that they can draw? Oh, uh, that's that. That's it, Matty. When it comes to negotiation, the most important thing, if you want it your way, is leverage. And unfortunately for the players, I had a think about this the other day. I, you know, I, I'm sort of thinking, is it only strike action? Is that the only thing? I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the leverage is. Maybe it could be a little thing with, you know, something where they go in and say, okay, we want this, but I'll tell you what, we'll do this for the game. Right? If you, if, if, so a little bit of to and fro there. As I said before, you can't go in and want to win 100 nil. It'll get sorted out one way or another. If they, if if the All Star Game, Scotty mm. Sattler last week said on this network that he he didn't think the All Star Game was going ahead. And I've got to be honest, when Josh Adokar pulled out, the first thing we thought here because it happened while we were we were on air was, oh, hang on a second, is there a little bit more to this? If the All Star Game didn't happen, if the preseason challenge didn't happen, and then that flowed in, if there is strike action in the NRL, how much damage does that do? You know what it does oh, broadcast yeah. wise and therefore money-wise. But how much damage does it do to the game? Well, the Super League War is an example. You know, apart from the split in the game, is that just the damage it did into the in the eyes of the fans? Because at the end of the day, rugby league comes from... Rugby league's... The core of rugby league, its, its birth, was out of tough coal miners and steel workers in the north of England, and it's still got those ideals. And people like... you know, I, I just don't think fans like to hear... They like to talk about, mate, how's this bloke going to go this year? They don't like to talk about, oh, geez, I hope are the player's going to get you know, another million dollars in their salary cap. That sort of stuff. As a, the, the, the human element of the game is what it should be about, not about dollars and figures, not, not publicly anyway. Yeah, and that's the detail, the devil in the detail, right? Yeah. And that's the stuff that should happen at the table. One more on this, the state of the women's game. It's supremely yes. important, and headquarters has made it supremely important. Yet it's in limbo, mate. 
it's, it's not happening right now. There's nothing happening in that world aside from we want this, you might get that. This is the biggest concern, in my opinion. The women's game is, without a doubt, uh, stating the obvious, it's got the most uh, potential for growth. It's had the most growth in the last two years. But really importantly, if you want to sell, like, okay, I spoke before about the English Premier League. In the old Division One, you could count all the women in the stadium, right? Women is a growth area in rugby league. And we've it's always been the eternal battle in rugby league. How do we get women into rugby league to want to watch the game and turn up and watch the game. The days are gone where you get a good look on bloke and take his shirt off, right? And they go, oh, fantastic, go watch the game. The women's game has been a revelation. The standard of the game is just, it, it is fantastic. It is, it is so good. I'm being biased here. In my opinion, it's a lot better than the AFLW. Um, because the grounding, all these girls come through playing touch football and football in the young. They've got the skill set straight away. Mm. I... I, I and this is this is a real a real concern of this of the women's game being in in limbo. Women, when you talk about the game growing outside of the east coast, and the, the in my opinion it'll grow. The, the the biggest thing is through the women's game because the women's game is so good that you'll have young women in Perth or Melbourne and Adelaide watching it and going. Wow, how good is that? They start to get into the game inadvertently, bringing their boyfriends, husbands, and fathers and that into the game as well. The, not only should we be doing more with the NRLW but, and getting it on and, and trying to work out this agreement, I said to Peter Volandis last year, we need to do a Tina Turner-style commercial for the NRLW. And you broadcast it nationally and just put it on loop, spend money, so that those girls, young women in Melbourne see that ad and just go, I want to play that game. That's good. That's sexy. Because women, young women are very different these days. Like you get there, if you go to the pub and watch the UFC, there's a lot of women there watching it and cheering on. Mm. Like the, the women's UFC is, is a big draw card and, and the rugby league should be the same through the NRLW. I think the other part too is, and you just touched on your AFLW, for instance, is that there's other competitors in the marketplace, absolute genuine competitors, and then put that into the sphere of, okay, if you're if you're a young girl who wants to play rugby league, that's your passion at the moment, and, the, and you want to make some sort of career out of that and play it professionally. At the moment, right now, you don't have any options. Yeah. You, you know where the game is and, it, and it's growing. But at the moment, there's no contract. There's no money. There's no pregnancy um, parameters around it. AFLW, whilst I agree with you, I I don't think it's a superior Mm. product to NRLW. But guess what? They've got the pathways. They've got the salary caps. They've got all their negotiations. There's a pathway straight through rugby union. So if they're not going to – I just wonder how many Mm. female competitors who love playing the game of footy – might start looking towards AFL because it's in our backyard and has been for yeah. ages. Might start looking towards rugby union. Guess you yes. can end up with a gold medal. It's been a big step backwards uh, concerning because last year I thought there was a, a game changer in the fact that the Newcastle Knights went out and poached Millie Boyle, gave her $100,000 and did amazing things for Newcastle. Newcastle win, win, the, win the NRLW competition. Uh, and you go, I, when that happened with Millie, I thought, okay, here we go. It's about to go to the next step. Uh, it hasn't. In limbo. The game is in limbo. 0457 736 736. That is our text line number. Or pick up the phone. Give us a call this morning on the roundup. one 1170